And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Life You Love podcast. This is your host, Kristen, and I cannot wait to dive into today's episode. We are going to talk to Ryan Braves, who's going to talk to us about how we structure our businesses to make more time for the people and things we love. And I am just excited about this conversation. He's a dad and a husband and a serial entrepreneur. And I think both the women and especially the men in our audience are really going to get a lot out of this episode. So take a listen. Hi, today on the show, I would like to welcome Ryan Braves. He's a serial entrepreneur and he's married with three young children. He's obsessed with success, growth, and contribution. His company, Ascension by Design, is focused on building better men and helping married businessmen and entrepreneurs grow their businesses with, without neglecting the people that are most important to them. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. Well, this is definitely a conversation that's near and dear to my heart as I also have three uh, children. I have three sons and I have been married for 22 years. And I think it is a topic, especially in entrepreneurship, that um, often doesn't get discussed or we sometimes don't talk about being emotionally healthy entrepreneurs. You know, and so I'm excited for the conversation today with you. So could, yeah, could you start off with telling us a little bit about your backstory and your journey and what you're up to now? Sure. So, and I won't go all the way, all the way back, but to summarize, I'm a product of a very broken home. I don't just say broken home. I mean, broken home, like parents divorced, but also an alcoholic, drug abusing mother, uh, a bipolar father who was in and out of prison. A bunch. So my upbringing was really challenging. I, I there was a period of time where I slept in my car. I did that whole thing. So for me, like I I knew I didn't know what the path exactly was, but mm-hmm. I just knew I didn't want to be with where I was. Yeah. And then when I decided to have kids, my wife and I decided to have kids. I knew that I could never let even even a a, a glimpse of what I went through show up in their lives. So I had to figure out how to do both, like create a life financially that I never grew up with and then also create the love environment that I never grew up in. So that that's really where my journey started. And that plays in my head on a regular basis. Um, that's that's the focus of why I do exactly what I do. And then today you're helping entrepreneurs sort of design their businesses and their lives with kind of those two pillars, would you say? Yeah. So that, that actually happened by accident, to be honest with you. I I have a, I have a bunch of different businesses. Mm -hmm. So the way I started mentoring and coaching people was literally by a favor I did for a friend of mine who has a consulting company. So he had a, he had someone that came to him that wanted coaching and consulting. And my good friend is a person of very high integrity. The person was looking for something that he didn't provide. So my friend literally called me and said, Hey, like, this is a really young startup entrepreneur. Like he doesn't know what in the world he's doing. Could you help him? I'm like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) let me talk, let me talk to him. 
Yeah. And we had an hour long phone conversation and he's been a client of mine for close to four or five years. And it just, I loved doing it. Mm-hmm. I saw the growth in him, in the life he created, in everything. So I became addicted to recreating that environment over and over again. So to answer your question, yes, um, we're focusing on business, we're focusing mm-hmm. on family, and then we're also focusing on health because without health, you have nothing. So right. those three pillars. Yeah. Awesome. No, I love it. And I think that's actually how things go a lot, right? We're kind of going down the path with our business or working for someone else in a career and something at some points, kind of like you said, we don't, we just see it as like a momentary thing. And then we kind of realize something clicked or something's needed that we just didn't really see, you know, that we were going to step into. And then now you have it years later, you've been working in this, this um, expanded way, I guess you could say. Yes. Well said. So let me ask you, first of all, I guess two things. One, we've all been living through this pandemic. So tons of people, their work and home life has shifted. But we also for so long, you know, definitely, you know, generations before us and still for some generations now, we've been glamorizing hustle and busy and long hours, especially for men. You know, not that women don't do it. They do. But men for sure do it. And so, you know, what have you learned as you're coaching these men in these businesses with that and how do they how do they shift that? How do they shift glamorizing that and then actually taking hold of their schedules and their kind of their life structure? So what it actually shifted in me before I was ever able to help help it shift in somebody else. So I'll tell you a quick funny story. It's actually a cringeworthy story. So I, I don't <laughs> I don't even love telling it, but I think it'll drive home a point. Um, yeah. I, I, one one of my businesses is a health and wellness business. I, I we've been open and operating for the last fourteen years. And my wife used to work inside of that business with me. She would run the day-to-day activities. So there was one night we had a workshop where I was speaking to 60 people, 60 people. And I knew some of these people for a decade. And I'm up there and I'm speaking. And and my wife is very pregnant at this point. She's probably like two months away. And, (laughs) and, oh God, it makes me... I, I was speaking and I said, so, you know, my wife and I have agreed to the fact that I'm the provider, right? I'm the provider. I'm going to work. People are like, are you going to still do what you do? Are you still going to have these workshops once you have a kid? And I was like, absolutely. Having the workshops, my long hours will never change. I'm the provider. I'll always be here. And I said that in front of 60 people. Yeah. And it was like a pound my chest. Like, like I'm the man I'm going to provide. Mm-hmm. And then my wife gave birth and I'll, and I'll, there's another honest truth as well is when she first gave birth, there wasn't all that much that changed for me as the father, yeah. like with my wife, it had changed since she felt that she was pregnant. But for me, I was like, okay, I'm having a baby. It's amazing. I'm having a baby. Right. And then when we had the baby, it was like, she was taking care of the baby the entire time. Like she was breastfeeding and doing that whole thing. And yes, I woke up more than I otherwise would have, but life didn't change that much for me. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward three months, I'll never forget. I walk in the door and it was the first time that I felt as though my son really recognized me. Mm-hmm. And it, I'll never forget. He was in the high chair and, um, he was barely sitting up with shit. I'm like propped up and he looked at me and it was in this moment. I don't know what happened or what changed, but everything changed. Yeah. And when he went to bed that I said, okay, I said, I'm not just the provider. I will provide but I'm not just the provider. I have to figure out how to be an active participating father 
for him, but also for my wife. We have to do this together. Right, and right. that's where everything really shifted for me from like figuring out how to grow businesses mm-hmm. while being there less and investing more time at home. So that was a long answer, but uh, that's, that's really been the journey. So that's exactly what I do with all of my clients. Now I see exactly where they are mm-hmm. and then I find out exactly what they want. Right. And then we bridge the gap between the two. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I love the example because one, that is the reality, right? Not everybody, the second a baby's born is like, woohoo, it's so different. I, of course you love them, but it's like you said, you had that connection moment, just that aha moment. So I think that's a great example. And then two, I love how you explained how you're helping businesses. And so to that point, how do people, I'm guessing you're using, in other words, like uh, you're implementing systems and processes and one, I'm not, I'm sure it's mindset and stuff too, yes. but can you talk just a little bit about that? So like, how are you helping people step away from the office more? Yeah. So, oh gosh, this is another thing too. Like <laughs> I, I've been, my entrepreneurial journey really started probably 20 years ago, but officially 15 years ago. Uh-huh. When I say 20 years ago, like I was always the guy that was hustling or kid that was hustling, shoveling snow. And then I would hire, and then I would hire some friends to, I would, I would get the job and then Mm -hmm. I would hire them to do the job and I gave them money, but I was able to make money when I wasn't shoveling the snow, cutting grass, everything. But 15 years ago, um, when I brought on team members or employees, I was like, this is what I'm going to show you. I'm going to tell you to do this and you should do it. And that's it. Mm -hmm. And I, I went through so many people that worked for me. And it wasn't that I was like a bad person. It wasn't that they were bad people. It's I didn't know how to hire. I didn't know how to train and Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to build a culture within my team. So what did I always find myself doing? Doing well, stopping and falling, doing well. And it was just like this ebb and flow consistently because I had no team system in place. So one of the first things we do is we look at how do we systematize exactly what you do? Like every aspect, like your workflow, everything. And how do we get other people to be able to perform a really good job, therefore freeing you up so you can manage it and then spend that other time with the people you love doing the things you love. So systems and people is essential to a business for sure. Oh, I love it. Well, I just had a a great interview with Sarah Holly. She is the founder of Grow Motely. So it's basically helping conscious companies find work, you know, and workers find conscious companies. But she, she was talking about um, culture because one of her first startups, she basically was like, oh, we had like this cool hip office and all the things she's like, but we kept having turnover. She's like, because that's of course not what defines culture, right? It's not the things it's the actual values. And then it's living out the values and how you serve your, your team, your employees and your clients. And so then she talks about, she literally had to hit home every week. It had to be re- repetition of like, what's your mission statement? What's your, what are your real values? And then the consistency. And she's like, it wasn't until you do that, that you find the right people and that the right people stay there because then they can go and actually fulfill that mission, right? That you, the owner or the business, um, you know, leaders have put in place. And so one, I love that you talked about that because hundred percent, it always comes down to people, but you have to be clear on who you need. And then you have to be clear on, uh, what are you trying to build, right? So they can be a part of that. And then 100%, I'm a big fan, and any business that's uh, running well is 
of processes and systems, process automations. So I think that's amazing, you know, and I think that's a blind spot for a lot of businesses because we like to, we're used to doing things one way. Yes. Right. And so sometimes it's hard to figure out like, what's the first thing we should shift? What's going to make the biggest impact? And so what about that? Like, are you finding there's a certain area that if people either fix the hiring piece or the culture piece, or if they put a certain process or system in place that it's, it's letting them sort of see like, wow, there's a big outcome or change here. Okay. So that's a really, 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 really good question. So there needs to be some kind of a framework for systems in place before you start bringing people on board to a chaotic place. Mm-hmm. Like there are f- a few people that you might be able to get that will help you with systems and putting things into place. But if you're bringing them into chaos, they're learning chaos. Right. So like with business startups, we really do have create a, a general basic framework. And then we bring people on and we teach them. We're bringing you on now. This is the framework, but we're always looking to grow, improve and better things. So as we see better things, we're going to improve those systems, but there will always be a system. And when, and in the beginning with systems, it could be stressful. Like, oh, I just like to do what I like to do when I like to do right. it. And there's always that stressful piece. It's just like bringing the system together. But once you have a system, it actually builds you and brings you so much freedom. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the back end goes, I don't know how I didn't do that earlier. Right. So it's, it's that process of getting from one place to the next is where the challenge is. Yeah. Well, change is definitely... Uh, we don't like change, right? As humans, I mean, we just don't, you know, at least most of us. And so it's, we don't like stepping through it, but if we can get through it on the other side, like you said, there is more freedom and then there's, there's more, you know, basically our business is working for us, even when we're not working. But what would you say is the biggest um, hurdle for companies to even consider like, oh, or I should say leaders, business leaders, to even decide like, okay, I have a, I have a work-life balance problem. Like I'm not focused on the things that I say matter to me because I'm not actually doing those things. Yeah. I, I would say becoming really defined on what you want, like actually really understanding how many days a week do you want to work in your, in or on your business? How many days a week do you want to be at home? The days a week that you are working, when do you want to get off? Like becoming crystal clear about what the want is. And then you start to reverse engineer that. It's like, okay, if I was to take a Friday off or if I don't want to work on Fridays, what needs to happen in order for me to do that? And it might very simply be hiring another employee to do the work that you were doing on that Friday. It might mean outsourcing something to an agency so you can do it. There's always going to be a trade-off, right? right. Like maybe in the, especially in the beginning, you're going to spend a little bit more money to buy that freedom back. But if that freedom is worth it to you in a time with your family, then it's right. a fantastic spend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I schedule off my Fridays so that I don't have any calls or interviews or, you know, commitments. So I'm often I'm working on a Friday but then I can say, you know what? It's a great day. I want to go do something outside. And my kids are normally in school right now, so I'm not getting to spend that time with them. But I've made the commitment where, yeah, if I have a lot of work, I might work the whole day. Other days, I might take off two hours early. And other days, I might say, I'm going to the beach. You know, But I have the flexibility. It doesn't mean I don't have to make up the work. Sometimes on a Saturday morning, if everyone's still sleeping, I might then do two or three hours of work to, to catch back up if I'm behind. Or I know it's going to get pushed to the next week. Or like you said, farmed out to someone else. 
for me, that is important because one of the reasons I work for myself is to have freedom of time. That's it. That, that's you what I was saying. The beauty of what you just described right there is yeah. you are doing it on your terms right. because you want to the way you want to. And that in and of itself brings and elevates people's happiness so much as a person right. because they have to, right. compared to that, because they want to, which is amazing. Absolutely. Well, and so let's talk about that for a minute. I feel like so many people are stuck and maybe this is less true with business leaders than people are considering starting something or starting a business or a side hustle, but they get stuck in, this is what I was told I have to do for this salary or this contract. And they don't really, they're not really willing to entertain, like, does this actually fill my need? Like, can I, can I make this arrangement look different? You know, so I think we, we lack creativity and then maybe courage to actually say like, how else could this look? How else could I design this so I can still work with this business or this individual and still get paid, you know, hopefully more than just time for money in a situation. So where do you think, what do you think stuck there? Is it just a limited belief, you know, that we don't believe we're, we're able or worthy? You know, so what I, are you seeing? I, I, I think it's two things. People are stuck in fear. Yeah. They're stuck in fear and also complacency. This is good enough. I, I should, agree. and then you start to sell yourself the story of I should be happy that I have this. Right. And then you're stuck in that daily thing of like getting up in the morning, going to a place that you hate, coming home, and you know, seeing everyone off to bed and it being the end of your day. So I, I think the fear of of going for that thing you really want is definitely there. And we get stuck in that complacency wheel. Um, but something else, just going back to the last thing I said, is we don't create enough space for ourselves to actually think mm-hmm. about what we want and how we can attain it. Yeah. A, mentor, a mentor of mine, I went to, a, this is going back several years now. Um, he talked about Friday afternoons after 12. He was done with his physical work, his responsibilities, mm-hmm. to your point. Right. And then from 12 to four, he just spent time thinking. Right. And that concept was so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, in four hours, I could probably get off a hundred emails. I can do that project. I can work on this. Yeah. Project. I'm thinking, I'm, my mind goes automatically calculating how much work I can get done in right. that time frame. And it wasn't until I started to actually create the space mm-hmm. to be able to think that things actually exponentially started to grow for me because then you start to solve the problems that you're thinking about. And the bigger the problem you could solve, the more valuable you are, the more valuable you are, the more you're going to get paid or someone's going to pay. It's just, it's this amazing thing. Yeah. So we have to create space for ourselves. Just a hundred percent. And so, you know, for I've, I've have known that for some time because there's even older books, uh, success principles, you know, I don't even remember what year that first came out. I probably didn't read it when it first came out, but uh, Jack Canfield, you know, he talks about, you don't just have like production days, right? Like productivity days, you have prep days. And then you have, I think, I don't know if he calls learn, I forget what he calls them, but there's like rest days in there. Rest days doesn't necessarily mean you don't do anything. You're not necessarily at the beach, but rest days are the days where you're reading, you're doing growth work, personal development. It might be just strategic thinking or planning. But if you don't make that space, you know, and I've found this for myself, if I'm sitting at my computer and I'm just, I'm just knocking out everything on that list, I am not getting any creative thoughts, right? Or like, oh my gosh, hold on. I had this other idea. I have to step away from my computer and from the calls and the interviews 
and go outside or, you know, take a walk or do something to take a break. So my mind can actually process all the stuff. So a hundred percent, I think a lot of us do get in that, that cycle where we don't realize that thinking about our business or actually clearing our minds so we can think about our business and what we want in life actually does make us have a more um, powerful, thriving business. And then the other thing though I would say is too many of us um, think that the more we work, the better our business will do. But that's not actually true. And there's so many, I'm, I'm sure you see this a lot and you can speak to it in a second. There's so many examples of this, you know, and I remember seeing one recently Michael Hyatt was talking about his business and, you know, he's like a personal leader or business leadership, you know, person written books and all that stuff. And he was saying when his company, because his daughter was working at the company, she was like, oh, I have to be off at three to get my kids off the bus. And then over time, his company was seeming like the team was seeming burned out. And so they went to Fridays were either off or a shorter work day. And anyways, they've now implemented, I think every work day, they only work six hours. I don't know about their Friday schedule. And he's like, productivity went through the roof because people are happier. Their time off can actually really be time off with people they care about or things they want to be doing. So when they're at work, they're more focused on the mission. So, I mean, this is going back to a place in my life. There was a there was a point in time. I know it sounds crazy. I was working between 100 and 115 hours a week. I had <laughs> multiple businesses outside looking in. Someone may have mm-hmm. seen me. I was 27 years old. Mm-hmm. They're like, wow, 27 year old, really nice cars, really nice clothes. He does, he's doing everything right. Yeah. And that was the time in my life where I was the most unsuccessful businessman that I've ever been because <laughs> I was constantly doing things in my business, never really working on my business. And I think five out of the six businesses actually completely failed at that point in time. So that's, that's a case study in and of itself. And yeah. that, it doesn't work. There are times to grind. There are different seasons right. for that for sure, but that is not, and cannot be a lifestyle for success. Absolutely not. Yeah. And what about kids? We both have kids and that's definitely something important to us. Sort of like, what are we putting out for them? What's the impact they're going to see that we have, you know, at home and in the world in that legacy, what are you doing to make sure that your kids, when they get to that age where they're starting things, know they have permission to make it look different than maybe, you know, generations before us? I bring my kids to my office. Mm-hmm. I bring them with me. I mean, I try to involve them as much in my business as I possibly can mm-hmm. to, to, to show both sides of it, to show, oh, hey, listen, we, we can't do this thing we both want to do right now. Mm-hmm. because We're going to do this, but afterwards we're going to go do that. And then right. there's times where I don't have to show up to the office for three, four, five days. And it's right. because of the businesses that we built. So um, it's funny. It's, it's not going to come out until next year. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a videographer that works for me full time. And um, he followed me with my boys. And I'm teaching them four and two uh, mm-hmm. on how to create their first business. So yeah, it, awesome. it, 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 it'll be really fun. It'll just be a, a few different um, videos we'll put on YouTube and stuff like that, but it'll be good to your point. I think you can teach the next generation mm-hmm. with all the mistakes and failures that, that I've had. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to go through that pain. They'll go through their own pain. Right. They don't at least have to make the same mistakes that I did. So uh, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with that. I should say. Yeah. And what about, what would you say just to entrepreneurs that are, you know, are struggling with how do we set healthy boundaries? You know, and I know we talked about that a little bit about kind of like, what is it you want your life to look like? But I think with the work, with work coming home, right? A lot of us working from home, I should say, 
that seems to be a struggle still for some people, right? They're, they're not doing a good job of turning it off. So have you seen anything going on with the pandemic with that and sort of any suggestions there? I think being, so for me, I'm blessed. I, I never had to, I didn't have to work from home. I do, I do spend uh, Fridays. I work from, I work from home on Fridays. I wasn't always in for everything, not a pandemic thing. For mm-hmm. me. Um, but I think compartmentalization of your work and the rest of your life is really important. So like if you have a designated area in your house where your, where your quote unquote office is right, really making that the office area. And then when you step out into the rest of your home, not bringing what was in that office outside because then you're blurring the lines and your kids don't know whether you're on the clock or off the clock. They don't know whether they they can talk to you or ask you a question. So it's, and it's unfair for them because all they want is you. Right. And if you're, if you're taking a phone call and you're walking through the house and they go to talk to you and you're putting your hand up in their face, like like what, what does that say to them? That says to them that their time is not important. I know we don't mean to do that. Right. Um, but I think having that compartmentalization is really, really important, especially in times like this, if people are working from home. Yeah, actually, I, I like that you give that example. And here's why that reminded me of, I think we're afraid to say no. And if we're the person on the call, we're afraid to not answer the call. We're afraid to say, in some cases, to the client or whomever it is, like, hey, man, like, it's time for me to spend time with my kids right now, or I have something going on with my family. You know, or I committed that made this commitment to my kid and I'm not going to break it. So what do you have to say about that? Because I think that's changing. I think that younger generations coming up are not as much that way, but. I love that you just asked me that because I have a real life story about that, like literally mm-hmm. just this week. Mm-hmm. So for me, I have a potential client out in California that wants to bring me on board for his company. Mm-hmm. So as far as like a monthly contract, it's a fairly large one. Yeah, that would be a monthly retainer for my services for not only him, the entire executive team, as mm-hmm. well as the sales team. So um, my assistant sent him my schedule for for Friday. And he's like, none of these times work. We're on the West Coast. Right. Um, what we can do is we can do an 8 p.m., uh, 5 p.m. California time, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I was like, no, I right. can't. Because here's here's the the dirty little secret is if you say yes to that mm-hmm. and then the next time, what if it's another big thing right, or, what right. if, what if, or what if it's something slightly smaller? Like where do you put the demarcation line? Right. So what I like to do is say, okay, this is the time mm-hmm. where the work ends and the family time begins. Right. And, and my phone, when I walk into my house, my phone, my, 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 my two-year-old comes up to me every time I walk in my house and he's like, daddy, let me help you put your stuff away. And I give him all my stuff. I give him my AirPods. I give him my, my phone. I give him everything. He yeah. puts it away and we leave it there. And there are no lines being blurred. So if the phone's ringing, doesn't matter to me. It's not, it, right. it'll, it'll happen tomorrow. That's right. So That's I, I've made very clear boundaries with that stuff. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think it's important for more people to have this conversation. And I think if it's really the, the right client or the right team member or the right partner, then they're going to respect those clear boundaries and how much you value what we should all be valuing. And they'll actually want to work with you more. Right? 100%. And someone yeah. just told, shared that story with me. Uh, one of my clients, um, mm-hmm. probably about a month ago, they right. said that their prospective client was so impressed mm-hmm. with their family values right. that they actually chose them because of that compared to the other stuff they were actually offering in their presentation. Right. So 
I, I think it's it's super super important. Yeah, well, and I think too because even at first, if it might might not appear that way, and you might even see think that you're going to lose an account, the fact that you do it, you'll end up long term aligning with the right people, right? That really do vibe with the company or the business leader or the owner. So I think it's it is important. And you're you're building confidence in yourself that you can actually stick to what you say right. you stick to. Um, and yeah. I'm not I'm not going to try to recite this at all because I would totally botch the story. But maybe it was a parable or of some sort. Um, and it, the premise is this: Why are you doing what you're doing? So, for instance, if you're doing what you're doing for your business because you say that you want to provide a better life for your family, mm-hmm. you want to give them more and do more. And you're, if you're currently doing that, if you're currently carving time and spending it with them and showing them love, then just because another sales call or another revenue generating thing happens, why must you go chase that if you already have what it is you said you wanted? Yeah. And I think it's really important. to. That's why we must take stock and inventory of exactly what we want and the life that we want to create, especially if we are you know, married with children. Yeah. I just had a conversation um, with, you know, someone that I know that they're a therapist and they were considering starting a very niche down coaching business to help other people in their industry. But what they said today, and we were just kind of on a call together, but she's like, I realized I was just chasing the next thing. And she has two young kids. And she's like, I had to kind of get, be real with myself and realize like, but why? She's like, cause I'm that like my whole life I've been like, you know, you had to get the next thing you had to do better. That's how she was raised. And she's like, but then I realized like my business is actually crushing it right now. Like it's doing so well. I went above my projections. She's like, and then I realized like, what am I thinking? Like, why am I trying to take on all this more work? And I'm starting to bring it home. And so she realized like, I'm gonna, you know, not do that or put a pause there or whatever. And I said, you're right. And you're coming into the holidays. You have these little kids and you have this great, beautiful business. So it seems to make a lot of sense, you know, for you for now. And so that's what she's doing. But she, you know, she was just chasing the next thing. And then she realized like, why? Because people told me I should, or that I saw this opportunity. It was kind of coming to me, but it doesn't mean it's the right time. Or that, like you said, you should give up her bringing more stress home or more work where it doesn't fit into the three days a week she's currently working. Mm-hmm. We you take know? chaos where it doesn't need to be. And then just right. to her point, like, she she must have in her schedule a time of reflection where she was able to come up with that right. realization. And if she didn't, if they were just like, I'm not creating that time, I just go and do it because I do it, and then I'm in right. it. And now I have to deal with it, kind of a yeah. mentality. So absolutely. So what would you say? What are um top recommendations or things that you recommend to people maybe to start with to jump into when we're starting to kind of say, like, you know what, maybe I do kind of maybe I am working too much and I'm not really taking time. I'm not making enough time for the people I care about or the things that are important to me or even my health. Scale back in, in tiny bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Like for me, what I did, I was, there was a period of time where I was working seven days a week and I said, mm-hmm. okay, to go to five days a week is really scary. Right. But what if I can go to six and a half? What, yeah. if, what if I could just stop at noon on Sunday mm-hmm. and, and do that? And then, and then guess what? The businesses were fine. Right. Like, you know what? Let's get rid of Sunday stuff. Right. And I was fine. And then a good friend's like, hey, you should think about getting rid of Saturdays. And I'm like, no way. Like, that's like, 
like on an aggregate level, that's like close to $300,000 a year. I can't, there's no way. Right. right. And then I thought more about it. I was like, let me try it. And when mm-hmm. I, I'll never forget where I was. I told my wife that and she's like, you're kidding. Right. <laughs> Cause Saturday was like the busiest day. Yeah. Got rid of Saturday and we actually grew and it was the most liberating freeing feeling ever because then Friday when I said it was over, we started taking weekend trips. Like there was nothing that we had to plan around in the week. So, right. so, so scale back in little bits and pieces mm-hmm. and then see where you can replace yourself where someone else can maybe pick up the slack right. with what you'll no longer be doing or you'll, you'll carve out that time. So just in, in itty bitty increments is where you start to build confidence that it's possible mm-hmm. and that will give you more confidence that you can continue from there. Yeah. Oh, no, I think that's, a, I think that's great uh, thought and piece of advice because you're right. I think a lot of times we're kind of like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And you know, for some people, if they, if it's a, just a Monday through Friday situation, it might be that you go in an hour late or right. You, you leave early or you take a break during the middle of the day to go to your workout or meet your family, you know, or something. So I think there's always ways, but you have to, to your point, you have to be intentional with what it is you want and, and how you schedule your week. Yeah. And that's why I love working with clients because I'm, I'm, I'm filled with questions and I, and I always impart on people, ask yourself, like you hear the questions that I'm asking you, ask yourself those same questions, take yourself down the same road when there's a decision to be made Mm -hmm. and you will, you will be able to come up with those answers because you're just taking yourself through the process and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing to see people regain their life. Absolutely. And I talk about curiosity a lot and how we can use curiosity and creativity in business even. But I just, uh, on an interview, it hasn't uh, released yet, but you know, the guest was talking about being endlessly curious, right? As a leader and what that does for us, because to your point, it is, it's just about asking questions. It's about not accepting how things were, how things worked or how things are, but well, but why do just like little kids, right? Why do we do it that why? way? Why does it have yeah. to be this way? And it normally doesn't, you yep. know, and if, it, if it's working for now, that's great. But a lot of times we find that it's because we just got, we got comfortable mm-hmm. instead of saying like, well, maybe that worked, you know, a year ago for me or two years ago, because maybe someone didn't have kids yet or their situation changed, yep. but it doesn't have to be the future for you, even if it was your past. I, I, this, I love that because I have this little thing called like lessons from a four-year-old. Yeah. And, and it's my son just asking me why about yeah. everything. Yeah. Like it, it, it really actually quite amazes me right. as to how one question can turn into literally 50 right. of, well, why, why? So right. I find myself chat, thinking about him when it's anyone that works with me or for me, I just ask the question why. Yeah. And it uncovers so much uh, in the positive direction. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I think because we obviously, right, we have those narratives going and we we just have an automatic answer. And so we don't, like you said, we don't give ourselves actually think about like, hold on, well, how am I going to respond to this? And is that just the default or is there something more? And so, you know, yeah, you asking why, like lots of um, people, right? Coaches, kids, therapists, you know, it's, they're trying to get further or deeper in, right? They're trying to uncover what's behind all the things that we're saying, actually. Absolutely. So I love that. So any last resources or uh, things that you want to share before we wrap it up and find out how we can reach you online? Yeah. I mean, it's for me, I, I love to have conversations. 
So like anyone I work with, it's conversation. It's not just here, apply for this and then we'll start. Like I want to first get to know someone to Mm -hmm. see if it's a good fit and to see, I I always say this, like I want to be able to root for you because the tools and the tactics that we implement, they just work. But I want to, I want to make sure it's a good fit because I want to be able to root for you every step of the way. So for me, someone goes to the website, they, they, put their information in, they're going to get a phone call directly from me. Mm-hmm. And then also what I created recently, and I'll, and I'll let you know the name of it in a second, but um, my friends were really busting my chops that I was not more active social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because I love being in the moment with my, whether it's my business or my family. So I don't stop enough to film content and do stuff like that. Right. But I created a private Facebook group called Ascension of the Entrepreneur, mm-hmm. where I'm creating a community there where people can come with their struggles, with their challenges, also with their wins, and then get feedback, not just from me, but from other people that are going through it and have gone through it. So just building this network of people that are all in it for the same reasons, and they want Mm -hmm. to genuinely help other people. So uh, Ascension of the Entrepreneur is a Facebook group, and My Ascension by Design is the website. Oh, awesome. Well, I have to say on the last thing you said, and then we'll wrap up, the uh, you know, I used to always say, if we were hiring somebody in person, of course, there's a lot more people working remotely. So this wouldn't be the case, but it was kind of like, take them to lunch, see how they act. Right. And I mean, like towards the waitress or waiter or towards the, in other words, how do they treat people? Right. At the end of the day, you know, so, and you can find that out obviously, you know, via a phone call or, or zoom, but I'm just saying like, that's for me, that was like an old litmus test, right? Like, how, how are they really? Who are they really? You know, and you're so. looking for those subtleties, right? Yes. To your point, how did they treat the waiter or waitress or the hostess? That's right. And like, and if it's just the norm, right? Then that's also to be looked further into as well. Right. Like you're looking for those unique clues. I, I think I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's and cool. of course, we can do that online in different ways, but. Um, yeah. And you can definitely get somebody's vibe, you know, when you talk to them. So I love it. So Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. I appreciate it. And I think you are helping so many people in the world, you know, live better lives and really take control of, you know, make it, you know, building better families and really kind of controlling their schedules. And I love it. So thank you so much for that. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I am so glad that Ryan and I got to have this conversation today. I think it's such an important conversation for entrepreneurs and small business owners to hear, especially for parents and the men out there that maybe have an image of being the providers that maybe needs to be shifted so that they can, you know, be the person for, you know, their spouse, their kids, their loved ones that, you know, I'm sure they truly want to be deep down. I just think it's such an important conversation to to talk about work-life balance and that we can define what our businesses looks like and how we can make sure we get the right people and processes in place to make that happen. I do want to share a page out of the book, Play the Man by Mark Batterson with you, because I think it really hits home to the essence of what Ryan's mission is in helping, um, you know, male entrepreneurs you know, especially uh, dads. So take a listen to this. In Mark's book, he says, one of my goals as a father is to infuse my children with childlike wonder. That's why I included an intellectual component to the discipleship covenant. The goal isn't learning. It's the love of learning. 
I assigned a broad range of books, including fiction and nonfiction, because I wanted to instill a holy curiosity towards all their lives. One of my role models when it comes to wonder is Arthur Gordon. I read his wonderful book, Wonder, on our 15th anniversary trip to Italy, making it all the more meaningful. In fact, we saw one of the natural wonders of the world, the Blue Grotto off the coast of Capri. That book awakened me to wonder like few others, but one chapter in particular caught my fancy, The Night the Stars Fell. As a small boy, Arthur Gordon's family spent their summers at Seaside Cottage. Late one night, after Arthur had fallen asleep, his father came into his room, picked him up out of bed, and carried him down to the beach. Then he told half-asleep Arthur to look up into the night sky and watch. Just as his father said it, a shooting star streaked across the sky, then another, and another. His father explained to him that on certain nights in August, the sky would put on a far greater firework display than any 4th of July celebration. Six decades later, it would still rank as one of the most magical moments of Gordon's life. Reflecting on his father's influence, Gordon said that his dad believed that a new experience was more important for a small boy than an unbroken night of sleep. I had the usual quota of playthings, said author, but these are forgotten now. What I remember is the night the stars fell, the day we rode in a caboose, the time we tried to skin the alligator, the telegraph we made that really worked. What will your kids remember from their childhood? It won't be the things you bought for them, and it probably won't be the things you pre-planned as a parent. It will be the improvisational moments that can be identified only by a father's sixth sense. It's your job to create and capture those moments, and if you do, your kids will remember them 60 years hence. Author Gordon captured his father's essence this way. My father had, to a marvelous degree, the gift of opening doors for his children, of leading them into areas of splendid newness. This surely is the most valuable legacy we can pass on to the next generation. Not money, not houses or heirlooms, but a capacity for wonder and gratitude, a sense of aliveness and joy. Our lives are not measured in minutes, says Mark Batterson. They are measured in moments. Those moments when wonder invades our ordinary reality. Carpe wonder. And ah, my gosh, I have to tell you as a parent myself, I just love that example that Mark Batterson gives in his book. And I think it really hits home, at least it does for me, about what we're really doing as parents. You know, it's we're creating memories and we're creating magic moments for our kids. And yes, it needs to be full of love. But but beyond that, it's keeping our kids opened to the possibilities, open to wonder, open to curiosity, and open to being creative. And I think that is just as important as any other role we have as parents and just stewards of the next generation. So I hope you will find your shooting star night to share with the people you love and be able to pass on those special moments. I think we do need to know what we want in order to define life on our terms. And we have to be willing to break the past scripts so that we can move into better and more beautiful and amazing things. And if you're looking to figure out what it is you can go after, what creative pursuit you can start, jump on over to my website at kristenfitch.com and go under resources. There is a no limits, create, scale, and monetize your creative passion printable PDF that I would love for you to grab and start taking uh, your dreams seriously and get. let's get going. You can start going after your dreams today. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at Kristen Fitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. And thanks again for listening in. Until next time, have a great week.